Praise God. One of the greatest ways to experience the glory of his presence is by participation. And I just see too many people out there spectating right now. One of the greatest ways to experience his glory is your participation. And so let's lift our hands right now. I know God has been good to you. Come on, go ahead and lift up your hands. Open up your heart right now. And it's out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth begins to speak. And so whatever is in your heart right now, just begin to love on God. Come on, so that his presence can become yours and you can experience his glory. The word says in the presence of the Lord there is fullness of joy and that his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Come on, let's worship our heavenly father. Come on, let's experience his presence individually today. God, we love you. We lift you up on high today, Father. We love your presence. We love you, Father. We lift up our hearts, Father. We open up our mouths. We declare your glory in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Move up and down every aisle, in and out of every row. Heal, deliver, set free, make whole. Have your way today, Holy Spirit. Be glorified in this temple. And God, we give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise because it is due unto your name. Come on, if you love God in here today, just worship him, glorify him, honor him today. And so, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place today. You're welcome to our online viewing, viewing audience, Father. You're welcome in our hearts today. You're welcome to have your way in this service. We have decreased simply because you have increased. It is less of us and more of you. And Father, I declare right now that my tongue is connected to my spirit. And I speak as I ought to speak today, the oracles of God. And you grant me the ability to do that with simplicity. Father, I believe I have a leading and a direction by the Holy Ghost today. And so I'm asking, Father, for your confirmation of that. As I minister your word, Father, give me the right moment in the right po pocket to lead the congregation in that move, Father. And I'm going to deflect any glory that will come my way, Father. I'm going to deflect it and send it all back to you and give you the glory for all the good that will come out of this service today. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, shouted. Come on, you can do better than that. Everyone that agrees with that prayer, shouted. Come on, I, I have the question of the day in here. Has God been good to anyone in this building? I know he has. Now, I want to remind you all, we're, we want to create culture here, and I know that comes with teaching, and you'll hear us talking about praise and worship, but bring your supply of the Spirit in the building. Don't wait on praise and worship to get you going. Come in here already going and then let your energy match their energy. And then we just let God be God in these services, okay? I want you to find two or three people and just love on them today. Compliment them. Speak life into them. Say something kind to them. Praise God. Thank you, music department. Great setup for today. Great setup for today. Soon as you're done doing that, you can be seated. I want to welcome our online viewing audience today. Thank you all. Uh, YouVersion Bible app for our online audience is the best way to follow along. 
All the notes are right there, uh, as well as in the service. All of the notes are right there. The outline is right there. You can also add additional notes to that outline. Today, I just want to introduce something to you all that God has been dealing with me about. Uh, you know, I've played sports all my life, uh, played college basketball. Coaches have always told me, you know, how many you know it's one thing to get to the top? It's another thing to stay there. Right? And then it's a completely, it requires something completely different to get there and then go to another level. And so God doesn't want us to get complacent with where he's brought us. And so I asked God, now that we're here, you know, what's, what's, what's really, what, what is your purpose for getting us here? And it was a, really a rebuke that he gave me. And he said, keep the first things first in my church. So he made it real clear that it wasn't Joel Gregory and Patricia Gregory's church. I mean, this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he began to talk to me about what that looks like. I began to research it and really see, okay, well, what, what does that mean, God? And so the degree of fulfillment and success we experience in life is highly contingent, listen very carefully, on how well we establish and maintain our priorities. Someone once said the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So when we accept Jesus' lordship in our lives, we're yielding ourselves to the authoritative influence of his word and of his spirit. So there's nothing that has a higher degree of authority in this building but the word of God and the spirit of God. We as his children have to yield ourselves to that authority. You're going to have an opportunity to do that today. When we yield ourselves to that, what we're literally saying is that his agenda is more important than our agenda. And then we allow him to establish our priorities, but not just our priorities, but also our pursuits. And so today I want to minister on the subject of first things first at Linked Up Church. First things first at Linked Up Church. I want to look at three firsts that God prescribes for all believers. Three firsts. The first one, and I'll just introduce this today because how many of y'all are already born again? Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life. All right, praise God. Make sure you pay close attention today. The first one is your first love. The first one is your first love. Do you remember when you first gave your life to God? Remember how excited you, you were about praise and worship, prayer service? You remember how excited you were about the Word of God? You remember how you would get up and do your devotionals and just, man, it was nothing more important to you than God. But what will happen is over time, I mean, you know, the life and the world can cause that to begin to wane. And we start thinking, we've got this now. We settle into a pocket, and we don't even realize that we've actually left our first love. Go with me to Revelations chapter 2. I asked God a question. I said, God, why do churches get removed, and why do pastors get set down? How many of you know if you ask God a question, he'll answer you? And the way he'll answer you is usually from the Word of God. Because how many know I don't want to get here and then I can't stay here? 
right? And so there has to be a reason then why pastors get places, but they don't stay there. And of course, he took me right to the Word of God, and I believe this is for the body of Christ at large. Revelations chapter 2, beginning at verse 1 says, to the angel, that word angel there means messenger or pastor. So we know that this letter is being written to the seven churches. It says, of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he. Well, who is the he here? The he is Jesus, who holds the seven stars in his right hand. That's Jesus. And who walks in the midst of the seven golden uh, lampstands. What are the seven golden lampstands? The seven golden lampstands are the seven churches that are receiving these letters. So Jesus is the one that's holding the seven stars. How many know it's Jesus that put me here? And how many know Jesus can also sit me down from here? Right? And so if we don't keep this in perspective, and if we don't remember what this is all about in the first place, we can lose sight of what our first love should always be for the rest of our lives. Notice what he goes on to say. I know your works, your labor. See, he's talking about their efforts, their toils. I mean, it's great to serve on our counseling team. It's great to serve on the dream team. It's great to serve in our parking lot ministry. It's great to serve in children's church. It's great to be a deacon. It's great to be an usher. But it's not greater than you coming in here for the sole purpose of worshiping God. It's not greater than you saying, you know what, I can't work every single week where I don't take some time to just love on God and be a Christian and come to church solely to just be a son or daughter of God. It's not greater than that. But we can get so lost in our work that we lose our first love. So much so we can only come on the days that we serve. And the days that we don't serve, we don't, we don't show up. We don't see the day that we don't serve. It's our day to just be a lover of God. So he says, I know your works, your labor. I know your patience, your endurance. How you cannot bear those who are evil. That's a good thing. I mean, you know, we love them, but we don't put up with evil. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. We love people. But we should hate evil. Amen. And if I'm, I want to try that one more time. I said we love people, but we should, as believers, hate evil. Amen. That's a little bit better, amen. So he's commending them on this. Listen to this. I know your works, your labor, your patience, how you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and found out that they're not. You found out that they were liars. See, every gift should be proven. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. Right? And, and you don't know a, a tree by the gossip that other people tell you about that tree. You know a tree by the fruit that it bears. And don't ever close your eyes. If you start seeing, if it's not producing, folks, God is not in it. So you found them out to be liars, and you have persevered, and you have patience, and you have labored for my name's sake, and you've not become weary. This didn't cause you to faint or quit, but watch what he goes on to say here in verse 4. Nevertheless, 
I have this against you. Now, how many of you know that's a stern rebuke right there? You would think after all that complimenting, all of that, you know, affirmation that really, wow, they're doing great. But at the end of the day, folks, God doesn't want your service without your heart. I wish I could get a little bit better amen in here today. He said, nevertheless, which almost means that's like but. Anytime you say but or nevertheless, you can almost cancel out everything that was said prior to that because this is the real deal. I mean, if anyone is married in here, they know what I'm talking about. If your wife says to you, baby, I love you. You do such a great job around here. I really appreciate how you take care of me and the kids. But is this a good time to talk to you? I mean, you might as well wipe out everything she said prior to that because here come the real deal, right? So he says, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. He said, remember, therefore, from where you are falling. See, do you realize you can be in church serving and still be free-falling? Hello, somebody. Do you realize a pastor could be up preaching and he or she is still free-falling? Because you can never do the real work without a real love for God. It's not sustainable over an extended period of time. So it says, nevertheless, I have someone against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from when you are falling... And then he says here, repent. Notice he did not say ask for forgiveness. Believers don't need to ask for forgiveness. Your sins are already forgiven, past, present, and future. They've all been nailed to the cross, every single one of them. For a believer, they need to repent. You know what the word repent means? To think differently. Hello, somebody. You cannot change your behavior until your thinking changes. You can ask for forgiveness all day long, but if you don't get new information, if you don't transform your mind, your behavior will always stay the same. So he says to repent. I want you to think differently, change your purpose, and do the what? First works. You know what the first works are? Getting here early for prayer. Sure is quiet in here. It's saying me sacrificing, taking the time out to pray for the service and pray for the lives that will be changed throughout this service is a demonstration of my love for God. You know what else that looks like? I'm in here when praise and worship begins, but I'm not in here to spectate. I'm in here to participate. You know what that looks like? If God deals with me throughout that service because I'm under his authority, I respond quickly to that. And I make the adjustment. He says, so remember from whence you are fallen, repent and do the first works. Watch this. Or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand. And this is how he answered the question, why churches don't exist and why pastors get removed. You know what the word lampstand means? Said, I'm going to remove 
your influence in Ephesus. You were a light to the city of Ephesus. And it was my influence that I put on you that made you a light in that city. I mean, if God takes his influence off of this church, I can get up here and open up my mouth all I want to and nothing's getting ready to happen because his influence has been removed. But that's not all he says here. That's not all what that means. I'm going to remove your influence. I'm going to remove your church. And I'm going to remove that pastor that allowed that. Let's just lift our hands for about five seconds and just worship the Father. Come on, begin to align your heart today. Come on, begin to align your heart. See, church can easily become a place of entertainment. Church can easily become a place where, you know, I, I, it's something to do on Sunday. It can easily become a place where, uh, let me go see what's going on down there. And you forget the real reason why you come is to worship a holy God. So he says, I will come. Notice he didn't say slowly. He said, I will come what? Quickly. Amen. Folks, we cannot allow ourselves to lose our first love. Amen. Make it a priority to serve one week and worship another week. Never become that person that you only show up here when it's your day to serve. You are sending the wrong message to God. Never become that person that, that no one ever sees you in the service because you're too busy in the back or out in the parking lot or back in the back office. You'll do anything in your power to not be in here to give God the glory that is due unto his name. Amen. Don't become that person, folks. I've been in ministry 25 years. Those are some of the most miserable people you will ever meet in your life are the ones who never come into service to give God the glory that is due unto his name and to worship him and just sit down and hear the word of God. I declare that that won't happen to Linked Up Church. I said I declare that that won't happen to Linked Up Church. I said I declare that that won't happen to Linked Up Church. Serve one, worship one. Four weeks out of a month and most months, two of those should be you and God. And even on the other ones when you're serving, still find time while serving to still worship. You can watch and pray. You can serve and pray at the same time. So he said, I'll come quickly and remove it. Watch this from his place unless you what? Unless you what? God's going to give all of us an opportunity today. Right. I hope he's speaking to somebody's heart. Is he speaking to anybody's heart today? So easy to get caught up here. Go with me to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. First things first at Linked Up Church. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. So the scribes have now come, and they've heard Jesus reasoning with all of the people and the other scribes. And they came together perceiving that he had answered them well, and they asked him this question. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. They said, which is the first commandment of all? So the first then must be the most important, correct? First means before anything else. It says, the first of all the commandments is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord 
is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all of your strength. This is the first commandment. Folks, we've got to have that one before we can have anything else. And he says, and the second is like it. It is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Go back to Revelation chapter 2. Let's look at verse 4 and put the New Living Translation up there for me. The New Living Translation puts both of these thoughts together in Revelation chapter 2, verse 4. So at the end of the day, folks, what this is all about, it's not about this building. Thank God for this building. But at the end of the day, when we leave it, it's just a building. Amen. Hello. Amen. It only becomes a church when we come into it. Hello. Amen. How many know God's not here when we're not here? Amen. Of course, he protects it, right? But he no longer dwells in temples made with hands. Amen. Come on, that's the book, folks. I'm not coming to the building to get God unless you're unsaved. I'm bringing God with me to the building so that he can have full expression while I'm there. Revelations 2.4, New Living Translation says, But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. How many know it's easy to come to church and don't want anything to do with the people at church. Now, I know this is not a shouting message this week, but it's the truth. I mean, I just go get the word and go home. I don't fool with all of them. Hello. I pray that no one's found themselves saying something like that. I don't fool with church folks. I just go get the word, and I get out of there as quick as I can. And how many know that is the wrong heart? Because we all need each other. And before you got your life together, you were just like the people that you looked down on. Come on, I heard somebody say, you want to be careful looking down at other people. Because they may be the same people you have to look up to on your way down. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen. He said, I've got a real problem because you stopped loving me and you stopped loving people the way you did at first. Folks, this is all about God and this is all about people. What else are we here for? So the New Living Translation captures both aspects of these two great commandments. In that rendering right there. Say, you don't love me or each other as you did at first. I mean, it's horrible for a pastor to not want to be around people. And all you ever see is the guy who comes out from back there, who goes back back there, Come on, they escort him out of back bill, out the back door with 25 people around him. Can't nobody get to him. Hello. See, a lot of people are pastoring, but they don't love people. 
when show me one shepherd that does not smell like his sheep. Come on, I don't even understand how you can shepherd and not be around the sheep. See, I won't be here long when it's no longer about you. The moment I make this about me, hello, somebody, then he's going to remove this quickly. Hallelujah. 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 So when you start asking, don't judge people, but when you see pastors being removed and churches losing their influence, you got to start right up there at the top. See, if this is just about my family growing and your life not growing, something's wrong with that. I'm preaching better than you all saying amen. The the moment I start looking at this like you exist, your purpose for being on the earth is to serve me, I'm on my way down. Because the reason I exist is to serve you. I will cease to exist if I stop serving you. Hebrews chapter 6. And we're going to come on down the home stretch. I just wanted to introduce this today. We're going to get into this over the next several weeks. But I believe God wants to deal with the hearts of people who say they love God. See, it's one thing to say it. It's a whole other thing to demonstrate it. See, the reality is over time I've learned to not listen to what people say. Watch what they do. See, words can come out of your mouth, but I can feel your actions. Those are real clear. Hebrews chapter 6. I'm going to read the Passion Translation. If you don't have that translation, you should get it. Powerful translation. Passion Translation. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. How many of y'all are willing to be honest in here? You know, I have gotten to a place where, you know what, I just, you know, you know what, I just, I want to go and make sure I honor God <laughs> and go to church, right? So I've done my duty. How many of y'all are willing to be honest over your saved life? It's easy to get caught up in something like that, right? Now, let me balance that. How many also know that, you know, a lot of times churches create that? So a whole lot of church hurt out here. But never, ever, that's why last week God said, I'm not a man that I should lie. Never, ever compare man with God. And for every counterfeit out there, God always has a ram in the bush. So you can't paint all churches with one brush and all pastors with one brush. Follow fruit, not people. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 says, now is the time, the Passion Translation For us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. See, God expects us to get saved, but to also advance in our salvation. We were never designed to stay the same. So he goes on to say, 
The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon. You've already given your life to Christ. You've learned the foundational things about Christ, faith, the Holy Spirit, and other things. You've already learned those foundational things. Notice what he goes on to say. They've been laid and they've been built upon. You already know about turning away from your dead works to embrace a faith from God. So there's a legitimate journey he's referring to here in verse 1 of us going on to perfection. Us moving on to our next level where we progress from the elementary principles of Christ and we begin to prioritize ourselves without neglecting the first things or the foundational truths. But we go beyond that and we begin to build upon that. I mean, we've got to grow in our love walk. Really, at the end of the day, this is all about love. A lot of people say, I'm strong in faith, but faith works by love. If I don't have a developed love, folks, I mean, it's going to impact my faith and what I'm believing God for. And so at the end of the day, first things first have to be here at Linked Up Church. We must love God more than anything else, and we must love people more than anything else. Now, let's all heed his words in Revelation chapter 2. Music department, you can come forward right now. And I want to give everyone in this building, including myself, an opportunity to search your own heart. And if you're a person in here that needs to repent, how many know I was right at home repenting? Right at home saying, Father, help me to change the way I think about these things. May this never be about building a bigger building and not loving on the people who are currently in the building. I said, Father, may this never be about bigger crowds and more people without first loving on the people that you've already sent me. And, and folks, if we lose that, we lose this. And it'll be a shame to get here and lose it. So he said he would come in Revelations 2.4. And he would remove the candle quickly if they didn't what? All right. Spirit of God has dealt with your heart in here today. This is between you and God. This is not between you, God, and anybody else in this building. This altar is open right now. You can kneel down at your seat. Uh, you can walk around however God leads you. But if you believe in your heart that you've left your first love, you haven't responded to God the way that you used to, I want to open this altar up. Our music department is just going to sing something that's appropriate for right here. And let's just all get our hearts right with God right at the beginning. Remember, repenting means to change the way that you think. So you're just going to come down or right in your seat, and you're just going to repent before God. But then you must go home just like I did and find in the Word of God information that's going to help change your behavior. Altar is now open, however God leads you. Go ahead, music department. No hand clapping right now. I just want you to lift your hands to the Father. And I just want you to declare out of your heart and out of your mouth that at Linked Up Church, we will keep. Let's all say it together. Say, at Linked Up Church, we will and I will keep first things first. It is all about God and my love for him. And it is all about people and my love for them. 
in Jesus' name. Go ahead and worship the Father right now. Come on, don't, don't clap. Worship, worship. Just open up your mouth, lift up your hearts. Worship. This is not praise. This is worship. Come on, open up your heart and open up your mouth. Come on, give him the glory that is due unto his name. Come on, let him perform surgery within your heart today. Come on, God can do more in these moments than I can do in 40 minutes of preaching. If you'll just open up your heart and be sensitive to what he's trying to do in it. Father, have your way in this church, Father. May we never forget why you brought us here in the first place, Father. It's not to make us great, but it's for us to make you great, Father. It's not for us to be famous, but for us to make you famous, Father. May we never, ever lose sight, Father, of keeping the first things first. And that's love for God and love for your people. And so now while you're in an attitude of worship, while you're in an attitude of prayer today, if you're in this building and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, well, you never left it because you never had it. And what God is inviting you today is to be a part of the greatest love ever known to mankind is that a, a man, a father would send his son that would lay down his life, suffer the death, burial, and resurrection so that you could have life and have that life more abundantly. So if you're in this building today, you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want to pray with and for you. What a wonderful gift to yourself. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I did leave my first love. I allow myself to go back out into the world and just do things that I know God is not pleased with. But I heard God today. The Spirit of God was speaking directly to me. And I, I've repented and I'm ready to return back to God. If that's you today, I want to pray with and for you. Some churches call that being backslidden. Other churches call it being out of fellowship. Remember, God loves you with an everlasting love. He will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You're not waiting on God. He's waiting on you with open arms to just come back to him today. If that's you, I want to pray with and for you. And then finally, if you don't have a church home, and it just resonates in your spirit that this is where God wants you planted. You want to join Linked Up Church. My wife and I, this staff, we promise you we'll pray for you every single day of our lives. Every time you come in this building, our goal is to make sure that you get the Word of God and the Word of God only. We'll pick up on point number two next week, keeping first things first. Next week, we're going to talk about the kingdom and how to keep the kingdom first in your life. And so if that's you today and you want to join Linked Up Church, I want to pray with and for you. So now, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving, no one talking unless you've been assigned to do so. I gave three invitations today. The first was to give your life to Christ. Second was to come back to Christ. Third was to join Linked Up Church. I want to pray for you, but I'll only know that you desire my prayers by the lifting up of your hand. So if you would, right where you're standing right now, would you lift your hand up in the air if you want prayer today? Lift it up and keep it up as high as you possibly can. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, young man. God bless you up there in the balcony. God bless you right here in the front. Come on, lift it up. Keep it up real high so I know I'm including you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you, sir. I see that hand. I see those hands up there in the balcony. Would you do me one more favor? If you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand, but in your heart you know you should have, would you do me one more favor? Gather up all of your personal belongings. Step into the nearest highway. Come meet me right down here at the front. Congregation, would you give them a big round of applause as they come? Come on down now 
in Jesus' name.